This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But uh, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing in order, you know, that that would make it better? Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 212, brought to you by Evangelion 1.01, drawer boxes by CollectionDrawer.com, and in-stock trades. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 212. My name is Paul Montgomery, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello, Paul. Hello, and Ron Richards. Hello, Connor and Paul. Hello, Ron. Um, Hello, Connor. Hi, Ron. Hi, people out there. (laughs) At iFanboy.com, we like comics, and we read comics, and every week, one of the guys picks their favorite comics, and uh, they write about it on the website, and we all talk about it here on this podcast, along with various other topics of interest. Um, and uh, stay tuned to the end of the show to find out about December giveaways. We're doing lots Very of giveaways important. in December, so definitely yeah, stay tuned to the end. You'll hear all about them. So. Uh, before we get to the show, quick reminder, warning, this is a review show, and we will be talking about the things that happen in this week's books, um, and we don't care if you haven't read them. We will spoil them anyway, so deal with it. Um, and this week, Ron had the pick. Yeah, this week was uh, – well, first off, before we get started, this, this past week was Thanksgiving here in the States. So we want to uh, hope everybody in the iFan base in the United States had a great happy Thanksgiving. And to the rest of you in the rest of the world, we hope you had a good Thursday. That's where um, Josh is right now. He is – Yes. He is, is mired in Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving fun. In-law fun. Yes. So. I'm not putting any kind of value, quality value on that or not. No, I'm just saying – No judgment. No judgment. No judgment so. at all. Yeah. Anyway, we're in the wedding party, but whatever. <laughs> not that anyone noticed. Um, so, um, so, so, not only was it Thanksgiving, but it was a fuck of a week this week. If yeah, you went to the comic shops on Wednesday, I actually, I actually had twenty five books on my list. I had twenty four. Oh, it was miserable. Um, but no, in a good, but it was a good way actually, because it actually, I, I posted on Twitter uh, Wednesday night, like you know. It was one of those weeks where I had a ton of books and there was a lot of quality and it made this pick really, really difficult. 
Um, you know, I kind of, and I was texting with Connor, you know, as he's doing, as he's off to do to ask me, what is it going to be? What is it going to be? And I was, you know, mulling over my choices and it's kind of like an inside joke here at the iFanboy offices about how, um, how Josh seems to, you know, just be obsessed with not picking the obvious pick, um, be it Flash Rebirth or Blackest Night or anything like that. And, you know, and yeah, he did pick Flash. Rebirth, oh, he did though. pick Flash Rebirth though. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, so we're talking about the whole, you know, do you pick the book that's super, super hyped or do you pick the book? You know, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but at the end of the day, when I got through the rest of my stack, um, Blackest Night number five stood out to me as the one that was the most enjoyable for me. Um, and I do need to do a disclaimer. It, I am wearing my Red Lantern t-shirt, and I do have a, ha- two hands full of rings. So uh, I might be a little biased. Although, let me make a plea. I didn't get the Indigo ring. So if anybody in the iFan base has an Indigo ring that they would like to send to me, I would gladly take it. But I have every other ring. So um, What happened with that one? Uh, I, I was, it was when I was in New York, so uh, I missed uh, that week. So um, I, did, I was able to get the orange ring from that week, um, but I didn't get the Indigo. So, But I do have – I'm currently wearing red, orange, green – Pink, yellow, blue, and black in my Red Lantern T-shirt. So um, yeah, I just have black, red, green, and blue. Yeah. So um, I feel like Hal on the cover of that of Emerald Dawn. You know the weird. Oh, don't, don't kill us. <laughs> I won't kill you. Anyway, so um, so I'm a little bit of a I'm a little 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 bit of a Green Lantern fan these days, and <laughs> and also as evidenced by this is the um, back to back weeks for Jeff Johns getting the pick of the week um, at Flash Rebirth previously last week, Flash Rebirth number five, and actually in Counterpoint at la- the week before that was BPRD number five. So it's been three weeks in a row of number five issues getting the pick of the week, which is bizarre. Was it was it last year when Jeff Johns had three issue three in a row, or was it this year? Uh, I don't. I don't. Year. You're the stats guy. I have no idea. Or it was the month of Jeff Johns. Remember that? Or he got three yeah. pitch, three pick of weeks in a row. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Um, he if, if anybody's going to do it, he can. So. Yep. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> um, so enough of the pussyfooting around. Why did I pick Black Knight number five um, and not something like Image United number one, which I, also, <laughs> which I also enjoyed as well as well as other you know um, other or why didn't Black Knight at least for me get picked previously um, with these big event books? And this is this is what Black Knight is to me. And I mentioned in my review, you know, we talked a lot about how you know it's Black Knight really isn't a Green Lantern book; it's a DCU book. Um, mm-hmm. But those those lines kind of got blurred this week, you know. In, in that it was very Green Lantern based, but it was also DCU based. But this is a blockbuster movie. I mean, this is like I just saw 2012 last weekend. This is a 2012 event. Image United is a is an event movie comic book as well. Um, and for me, the start of those events isn't normally the exciting point. It's the books. It's the it's the middle events. The the turn of the tide um, issues. Um, and if you ask me, that's this was the turn of the tide. This was we've spent the past uh, two months now kind of saying, oh, get on with it. Right. And yep. um, and finally, in page two and three, it got on with it as we see the representatives for each of the colored lantern corps, you know, raising their rings and raising their lanterns and doing their oath, um, with the exception of Larflees and the oranges, who just says, eh. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, and so so now, you know, the direction that we knew it was all going to go in, hap- you know, it, it took that turn. Of course, I saw that coming. Um, what I didn't see coming was, and this is where we get the spoiler towards the end of it, and and I feel I felt like such an idiot after realizing I didn't see it coming was, um, you know, we talked, a, you know, Jeff Johns talked a lot about interviews, and also in this book they talked about how you know the DC universe is filled with people who have come back from the dead and people who and and by you know by the you know the rights of the universe they probably shouldn't be like dead is dead and people have come back they're back on borrowed time and that sort of thing, and basically in this issue uh, Necron you know it's, it's decides it's time to pay the pauper. And he resurrects Bruce Wayne, which I'll get to in a moment. He, well, he doesn't. He doesn't. Hang on, hang on. We'll get to that in a moment. He resurrects Batman. 
and Batman spits out Black Lantern rings, and they go to all the DC heroes who are f- part of the fight and turns them into Black Lanterns, all the DC heroes who have died. So you've got Superman, you've got Wonder Woman, you've got Kid Flash, you've got Green Arrow, you've got Donna Troy, you've got Superboy, you've got Animal Man, they, and, you know, I, and, and also Harry, uh, Hal, jo- Harry, Hal Jordan and Barry, Barry Allen. Potter. And Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> um, you know, ba- basically it's saying, you know, you guys died, you came back, so now you're Black Lanterns. And so it, I didn't see that coming a mile away, and, and, and I ended with, oh, you know, and I you know, can't wait to see you know, the direction it takes now. Um, I, th- I thought this issue was the best one since the first issue. I think the yeah. first issue bucked your, your idea of the, the beginning isn't usually good. I think that that was still the best issue of the run. Okay. Um, if I had to, had to pick every, every, week, every week of this year, this issue and one would have been picks of the week. I don't think the middle ones would have been, been worthy of it. Yeah, um, great. Uh, I think this issue did a lot of things really, really well. One of which, which is a minor thing, was it made the new Wally West costume work for me. Yep. Whereas yeah. it didn't really work yeah. for me in last week's Flash Rebirth. This one I thought it looked really cool. Um, the ending that you talked about just a second ago, when I finished the book, I went, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, th- this was one of the few times I read a comic and thought, well, I don't know how they're going to get out of this. I don't exactly, know how- exactly. Like, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. they're going to do now. Yeah. Like, Superman's a Black Lantern. They're kind of in trouble. And yeah. then, it, it, as you said, it played with the idea that everyone's has died and Necron said you've only come back because I've let you come back and it's it's, yep. it's John's sort of fixing the idea that that this is why people keep coming back and back and back and it it was really it was a super exciting issue and it was a lot of fun and it, you know Ivan Reese is just incredible and I thought the best part about it was we've all been talking about how these all these core are going to come together they're going to form the white light and the white light's going to d- destroy the black lands and the they white get power to do the that. white power the white power is <laughs> oh, oh no <laughs> I can see the rails. <laughs> the, white, the white power comes comes out of the rings and it doesn't do anything, which yeah. it bucked our, our our expectations. So I thought this issue was full of a lot of really great stuff, and yeah. I totally yeah. applaud this that, That's one thing that I really liked about this issue is because it was like, okay, well, when's the White Lantern coming, and when, you know, when are they all going to combine forces, and that's going to be the end of it. And we've we're just at the midpoint; we're we're not even at the last two issues at all. And they've said like, oh, this is this is like a Saturday morning cartoon, and it doesn't work. So there's more, you know, it's, it's not as predictable as some people might have thought. Yeah, and this is definitely, so, I, we t- and we, when we talked about Black as, Black as Night in previous podcasts, we talked about the act structure and stuff like that. And I get to feel like this is definitely the end of Act 2, beginning of Act 3, and now this is the conflict and we're going to get to the resolution. And like, and over the next, you know, the three issues of this series as well as the next, what, 130 books that are going to come out between now and the eighth <laughs> issue that are Black as Night tie-ins. <laughs> um, we'll get an idea of how they do that. But I, I mean, but I loved... I just the idea of all the colored lanterns together, even though it didn't work, it didn't, you know, it didn't. No, it was very cool, though. Yeah, oh, it just was yeah. so cool. Although I do have, I, I do take, Star Sapphire is the only one that doesn't buy, and I'm not, you know, I'm not totally, you know, I'm a, a late Green Lantern fan. I got into Green Lantern in the late 90s with, with, with He Who Will Not Be Named. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, with Rebirth and stuff like that. So I don't know the whole history of Carol Ferris and becoming Star Sapphire, but I don't really buy her as Star Sapphire. Um, She's been it for for decades. Yeah, I, and know, it's, it's, I know. It's weird, but yeah, yeah. But um, it makes her unique amongst all those Silver Age wives slash girlfriends. Yeah, it really does. Really, really does. She has but, a, a super, yeah. you know, secret identity. So I did. Sure. I did mention in my review that I, I do. I do enjoy this because I'm I'm a casual DC fan. Um, in that I you know I, t- I mean, you know I ask Connor who's that or you know I, I shoot an email Tom Cater is going can you explain this or whatever. But I don't know it as well as I know you know Marvel and specifically X Men history. But um, I'm feeling that if I was a huge DC guy, the whole Batman thing would have drove me crazy. <laughs> not Absolutely at all. crazy. How how is he? I think so. He's not dead. He's not in the past. 
he's he he wasn't really he wasn't <laughs> Explain resurrected. Explain that. Like the, Explain that, motherfucker. He wasn't re- okay. he wasn't resurrected like the other lanterns were. He was a construct of the black ring. The ring the ring formed him. A body didn't rise out of the grave. The, if you saw the ring created him out of this black goo. out of his skull. Right, but it was the body was created out of black goo. It wasn't. His, yeah. It wasn't a body that was resurrected out of the ground. I see. But is that and his there fault? is and there is a body that's never not been. I mean, it was yeah, yeah there was place. a body. He just yeah. kind of carried the body it's out a cover. of cover. Yeah. Um, uh, Batman's was, just the the whole bat the whole Bruce Wayne. And he thing wasn't. Was, was and he messy. didn't talk. He wasn't. Yeah. He was just. A, he was a. He was a force to either yeah. distract or connect with the other superheroes. Yeah. And he, as soon as he did that, he disappeared. It wasn't like he was really a resurrected body. Yeah. But even if he was, he, there is a body to resurrect. Right. His soul yeah. was sent to the past in a different body, but this is not... Nah, it's not like it can't be resurrected. Nah, yeah, know. you know, when, when I finished the issue, I was like, well, why do they even have to do that? Because it's, you know, it's not really Batman, and, like, they, you know, send him back to the grave right afterwards. But I was like, that's kind of the ultimate, you know, F you to all the heroes, yeah. though. Because, like, use one of your friends to, to do it. Not only and one then, of your friends, but him. Of all yeah. 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 Exactly. So. So. And he appeared, the action stopped. They all went, what? And then that's when they got, they were, that's when they were taken over. So yeah. it, it worked from, the, from a shock value standpoint. Oh, it definitely was, was shocking. So, yeah. but, and uh, a great, that great two-page um, shot of him when he, when he first appears. Yeah. The side oh, yeah. pitch panel was fantastic. Yeah. So, Ivan Reese is oh um, oh, oh my god Ivan Reese like that and that, I also mentioned that in my review is like remember when Sinestro Corps came out we're like who's the guy with Van, who's drawing with Van Skyver he's pretty yeah. good and then it just has grown into this like he's a force he's a superstar now so. and he's doing a much darker shadow heavy sort of horror style than I yeah. mean he's usually it's not it's the same style but it's darker he's usually a little bit cleaner it's not shadowy this is a very dark book yeah. it's a horror it's a horror story yeah. Really? So um, probably should mention Greenlander number 48. And unfortunately, uh, I know a lot of folks out there probably had their reading order kind of screwed up um, because the events of Greenlander 48 should this should have been read before Blackest Night number five, even though the editorial note said takes place before Blackest Night number six. <laughs> but that's just a mistake. Um, I think that's why Jeff Johns tweeted out that you should read this first. Yeah, exactly. But if you're not on Twitter, how would you? Yeah. you know what I, mean? yeah, uh, no, yeah exactly. I, I don't. Yeah. yeah. It's you know it is what it is. Um, I, I, as a general rule, I always read the the main book last. Yeah, I always yeah. read the times first. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I read Greenland first. Um, but um, but this is good. This is more of the of the of the lanterns getting together. This is basically them, you know, finally you know uh, recruiting Larflees and getting you know kind of getting the colored band together. Um, uh, you know, I think that Monkey is slipping a little. On the art, I think with the with the schedule, I think there were a couple of panels and a couple of pages that were a little rough, but then there were a couple of pages that were just awesome. Um, like I don't enjoy Green Lantern as much as the main book. I, I, yeah. I think it's a solid book, but you, yeah. I think you can definitely do without it. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, that's as much fun as the as the Blackest Night book. Is. This was the and this was the first time that I've enjoyed uh, Larfleys from a dialogue standpoint. <laughs> like he's been annoying as hell up to this yeah. point, which he's not supposed yeah. to. But in this in this issue, for some reason, it really made me you know like it really made me laugh. Like it was, yeah, a it was funnier in this yeah. issue than yeah. So, yeah. but um, but yeah. So Green Lantern, yeah. good times. Um, and I I don't know. I I really like like Reese on on Blackest Night, but I I think in terms like subjectively, I just prefer uh, Monkey's art. Really? Um, but I, I do I no I do, I do agree that it's it, there's a couple panels that were a little rushed and you know but um. I, I just I really like his style. It's very it's it's very interesting, very expressive, mm. and uh, it's it's really clean too. I just I prefer a cleaner line. Yeah. Um, especially when you when you think about how we were talking about how you know a little darker and everything is. I think monkey monkey started off really really strong and um, 
and like we saw with the last Green Lantern issue and with a couple panels in this issue, I just think that the whatever breakneck schedule they're on, a couple of pages suffer for it. You know, there's a I, couple, I can see every that. Now yeah, there's, every now and then there's a facial expression that's like, oh, and you know, or an angle or something. You know, but but that said, the the two page spread of Atrocitus attacking Sinestro saying it was me it was just awesome. You know, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I, I just I, I really like um, Monkey's growing into one of you know one of my favorite artists these days, and I, I really liked him on the the Black Adam mini and, yeah. and everything like that. But um, and another one of my favorite moments from this issue is um, having a like a softer, quieter, emotional moment with Atrocitus. Yeah. And in terms of design, that's really hard because he's all fangs. Yeah. So it was just a little bit funny as to is he he always looks angry. Right. So then it's it's so it's a, a little bit wonky, but um, that blue yeah that when when saint walker you know touches the compassion inside of him and we see like the kind of scenario if he were to become a blue lantern i i, I totally agree i was like that because yeah. he doesn't look blue at all but it totally worked you know so, mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, cool um all right so that was blackest you know this weekend blackest night um yeah. <laughs> so the other big um other big event uh, uh over like i mentioned earlier was image united number one um which you know, like I said, you know, earlier is in a, you know, is an event book in and of its own right. Um, yes. And the thing is that it, it's really easy to target this book and make fun of it. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's right. It's right. And I read some of the reviews this week of it and stuff like that, what people, you know, expect of it. And for those who don't know, you know, it's written by Kirkman and this is the, the artistic jam piece where all the image founding artists, Eric Larson, Eric, yeah, Eric Larson, Rob Liefeld, Tom McFarlane, Wills Protasio, Mark Silvestri, and Jim Valentino, not Jim Lee. Right. Um, uh, all jamming on the, what they did was they mailed around the pages to each other and, and drew in their characters. Um, now, the thing is that if you're an, if you're an old school image fan, this is a dream for you. If you are a casual comics fan and you're aware of image, you're aware of the characters. I could see why this has no emotional connection whatsoever. Or um, if you're a new comics fan, sure. you didn't live through the '90s, you didn't live through all that, and you're just a, you read Walking Dead and you read Invincible yeah. and you read the stuff that and Chew and stuff that Image does now, then this would hold no appeal for you yeah, whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that that's me. So yeah, and, but, and, not and, for me, but yeah, and, and cool. I was right there when Image got started, and, and I read all these. You know, I, I bought. I have the you know the first issues of Youngblood, the first issues of Spawn, the first issues of Savage Dragon. I still read Savage Dragon. Um, so I, I mean, personally, I loved it. I, I mean, it was it was everything I expected and wanted out of it. Was that it was you know chaotic and it was lots of fights. And and you know and and it's not you know like a lot of people who, who look at Robert Kirkman and they you know they whether you read Walking Dead or you know or Invincible or whatever you know this is you know him writing other people's characters into a big like I said 2012 like event movie you know so it's not going to be the most deepest writing you've ever read you know um, what I thought was most interesting was how the how the artists came together and how I didn't know what to expect with that um, yeah. and it and for me it worked. I mean, it, it was almost seamless. It was almost it was almost kind of weird in that because they all they all were drawing their own characters, and you could tell. But they all it looks like they all fit. Um, the one overarching thing, which I found really interesting, I don't know if it's because of the coloring, although it's not one of his colorists, but it feels like a Liefeld book. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. A lot of backgrounds. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> well, I I went to this with super low expectations, yeah. and when they announced it. When they announced that San Diego was it two San Diegos ago? Two San Diegos ago, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the big joke was that it was never going to come out, which yeah. it still might not ever finish. <laughs> um, but I was interested to see how they were going to pull it off, and I, and I, you know, I, I low expectations, and I actually when I finished it, I thought, well, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I actually kind of had fun reading that. Yeah, and I, I, along with Ron, I was there from the beginning of Image. I have all the, the issues that Ron has, and. Yeah. So there's a certain amount of nostalgia factor involved in reading this, and it, I think there's also the the idea that 
they pulled it off in terms of the artistic works. There was maybe one or two bad pages. Yeah. There was one really bad page towards the end. That, that the spawn was the page? The spawn no, page? the dragon page. Oh, which one? Oh, at the, the end? Where, yeah, that was a horrible page. Yeah. Um, but the, for the rest of it, they, they were, it worked out pretty well. And I like to see, I like to see McFarlane draw, drawing again. That yeah. was nice. Yeah. Um, all these guys seem to fit together. Their styles are somewhat similar. Yep. Um, and it was a big dumb action movie, and it worked. I actually enjoyed it. And by the end of it, I wondered what was going to happen next, and yeah. and I didn't expect to want to buy issue two when and if it ever comes out. But now I probably will because it wasn't. It was fun, yeah. and that's that's really what you're going to expect from this project. You're not going to expect anything groundbreaking or revolutionary. You're just going to expect to have a good time with these people who used to make comics that were made when you were a kid. Yes. Yeah. And, what it is. and that's like, and, and what, what I found really interesting was the, the, the things that kind of triggered in me was that I thought that Kirkman, writing wise, he wrote Savage Dragon the best out of all the other, out of all the characters. I thought that that was the one I really felt as if he had a, a strong handle on. Yeah, um, he was a good, he was good with Savage Dragon. Yeah, and um, art wise, um, I, I was surprised to see how much I enjoyed Silvestri's art. I thought. I, uh, I, I, well, the thing I, is, I've I've always liked I've always liked Sylvester going back to Wolverine, and I really liked Cyberforce for a while. And for whatever reason, like once they went in the whole you know the other direction that they went in, and he stopped drawing and stuff like that. But there's that one page of Cyberforce in their headquarters where I was like, oh, cool. You know, yeah, like, I laughed at that page how, oh, how bad it was. I oh, mean, really? That, none <laughs> of them are. They're all having a conversation. None of them are looking at each other. They're right. all <laughs> they're all, all posed. Right at us. They're all posed. They're all posed right at us. They. Yeah. Like standing in a lineup, and it was just laughably bad. I mean, he can draw, te- you know, the the characters, but yeah. just construction and storytelling, it was horrible. Yeah, well, to each um, And I also forget how of all the Liefeld characters, Die Hard is my favorite. I don't know why. I just like that design, the character design. Who was the guy? The only one I didn't know was the 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 guy who had the vision. Who was that guy? The guy who had the vision. What do you mean? The guy who had the vision of the upcoming events. And oh, um, that, that's uh, uh, Fortress. That's Portacio's new character. Oh, that's ugh. the yeah. That's the he's the speedster. Yeah, he's yeah he's the new one, Fortress. So yeah, I had no idea who that was. So that well, was he's one. being introduced in this book. So I see. Yeah, I wasn't. It wasn't an hindrance. I was just trying to figure yeah. out though somebody I was supposed to remember from yeah. fifteen years ago or not. And I got the Jim Lee variant cover. All right. So did you guys? I think see it was the, less. The, sorry, I think it was less in that he wasn't in this book. I, I forgot. Yeah, oh, he, he totally was, was. Totally was. Yeah. I think I think it sort of takes away from the idea that it's, it's the image founders when when your biggest founder is not yep. in the book. Agreed. Totally agreed. Did you guys see the the video posted to Twitter? I think the official image um, Twitter account posted it. It was a video of I think it's the the Liefeld kids, like yeah. his two sons, reading the book. I, and I was like, that, that's really cool to see, you know, kids reading comics, and they were like all really excited about it, like flipping pages, like, oh, this is my favorite page. No, no, no. Well, this is this is my second and my third favorite page, but I like this one, and I like yeah. it because of this. And it's it's well, it's, uh, I'm glad that you know, like people are really digging it so i mean it's 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 definitely not for me but um it's it's cool that it's it's out there and um i can i can totally imagine being really really excited uh from a nostalgia standpoint on seeing these characters together again and it's it's kind of a cool idea for a project to have all the artists um working together and just imagine the to me it's less the characters than the artists yeah, it's okay. more the artists. Yeah, and, more the artists. Okay. Of, of all, and of all the of all the creators' kids to be enthusiastic, I would imagine Liefeld's kids to have, have gotten that enthusiastic gene because that dude is enthusiastic as hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of infectious, you know. Like say what you will about his art and stuff like that. Like just he, you know. I mean, there's just he, a, a he, love. he still loves comics. Yeah. yeah, and loves what he does, and you know. So um, yeah, and I mean, you see people like you know complaining about and nitpicking things about comics all the time and stuff, and to, you know to see kids like really genuinely enthusiastic about stuff, and yeah. it's just really cool to see. So. Yeah. 
No, I'm excited for it. It should be. I mean, I think, like I said, it's an event, and and whether it's late or not, whether it goes, whether it goes off like they plan, um, you know, I've talked, you know, I've heard rumblings of what they're going to do in the future issues, and it's, it's for the Image fan, it's going to be pretty cool. So, how long is it? Uh, eight issues, I think, or seven okay. or six. I don't know. I forget. Oh. One of six. One of six. I'm sorry. I keep getting it confused with Blackest Night. So it's, it's yeah. six issues. So okay. Um, cool. So um, surprisingly, Uncanny X Men number five seventeen was. It, which is so close to being the pick of the week, <laughs> mm. mainly because it was just it was just it was a badass fight issue with some great Cyclops leadership, great character moments of all the team members. Um, as you know, as the as their island gets attacked by the by five Predator X's, um, you know, I, I like I actually liked what Fraction has done with you know he's delivered you know Magneto now to the X Men and he's got Namor and a big fight's coming and Cyclops go okay we got two big guns and in no time they're the those they're nullified they're not they're not a factor anymore which I thought was uh, a clever use of the characters. Um, the only thing that that killed it for me was just is just I just can't stand Greg Land I just can't the yeah. art the art was just pain, painful at times um, ridiculously painful. But um, this was this was fun uh, X Men team, you know, fighting, which is what you know, you know, what I've grew up loving. So uh, Fraction wrote it really well. It just looked like shit. So <laughs> yep. What can you do? Well, Powers number one came out this week. The third volume of Powers, I believe, at this point. Uh, let's see what it says in the indicia. Volume three. The f- yep. Volume yep, three. First volume was Image. Second volume was Max. And now we're back at Max. And uh, Icon. 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 Sorry. Yep. Um, they're interchangeable. The, it's funny because the last issue of Powers we saw was, I think Ron and I agree, the, probably a great ending to the series. Yep. I thought it was a perfect end, way to end the series. It didn't need any more Powers, even though I love Powers, and Powers has been one of my favorite books since its entire run. That was my thought going into it, and even the first maybe 10 pages. But then by the end of it, I was really into the story and really into this, and really happy it was back. So yep. it, yeah. it turned me around, even though Joss Whedon was in the issue. No, yeah. <laughs> I heard about that. <laughs> um, How was he in the issue? He was a murderer. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not well, the first a, time. He was a cameo. They always throw in cameos in this book. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like the, the one, the one in Criminal, back a few weeks ago, or the the previous issue of Criminal, there was um, uh, what's his face, Stephen King's son, the yeah, guy who no, writes. Uh, they do that a lot. They they throw their buddies into these books all the time, and it was just Joe Hill. Yeah. 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 But um. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I was glad to have it back, too. I mean, I th- it looked beautiful. What I just don't understand, and maybe I'm an idiot, maybe I don't get it, is that, you know, it says on the cover, all new story, new format. What, how's the format different? You tell me. I don't know. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know how the format is different. I don't, is, it, ben, is, it, was, is it longer? Are they sticking to that longer thing where the 40 pages is considered the new format? I guess, maybe. I mean, and Bendis was on, on, on Twitter saying, oh, I love this new format. Like, what, what new format? I think, it's, I think they're still considering the 40 pages to be the, the new format, yeah, which was the new format in the last book. That's fine. That's cool. And it, it ends with, uh, with a swastika. So that's always good. Um, I no, like. I, I think as soon as it sucked me right in, and I was really thinking, man, I don't need any more powers. Then by the end of it, I was like, wow, I can't wait for more powers. So yeah. it was it's good. It was a mystery. There's a murder. There's a flashback to the, the old. The flashback to the, to the to the early '60s grouping. I mean, you know, especially coming off of Mad Men and stuff like that. Like when I saw uh, what's her name, uh, the the uh, Zora. Yeah, that scene when she came in and she's got her little boxes around her, but she's got that you know 1960s kind of fashion jacket on. I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I this is this was one of the you know when Powers first came out ten years ago, you know you you know all three of us were like, hey, this is something special, and this continues to be something special. So I'm glad. It's, now let's just hope they can keep it on a regular schedule. Yeah, yeah, that was always the biggest failing. Once it went to Marvel. Yeah, exactly. Or once Bendis went to Marvel, anyway, it yeah. was. 
Great book. Uh, I know you're all excited to know what's going on with Archie. What is, I've been yes. on the edge of my seat. Well, we're going to give a little bit of a shorter Archie report just because we've got so many books to talk about this week. But Archie 603 came out. This is the issue where, if you recall, at last time, Archie got married. He married Veronica. They had twins. And, but he felt restless. He felt unsettled. <laughs> Something wasn't right. So he went back out into the snow and he walked <laughs> down memory lane as opposed to up memory lane. Okay. And now he – no, I'm sorry. He walked the, – there was a fork in the road of memory lane and he switched forks. Okay. And now he's, he's, he appears back in college. Which okay. I think we all would like to be able to walk down that floor. I know you would. And he suddenly it's college graduation again, and he has to run and, and graduate. And and this time, he thinks maybe Betty's the one. <gasps> yeah. So he's 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 having a little trouble. He's asking for advice from Reggie and for and Moose and all those people. And Reggie just wants he just wants Veronica. He just wants whatever choice Archie makes that allow him to get to Veronica. So. Uh, Archie decides he proposes to to Betty, and then of course Veronica is crushed, which means Reggie's going to swoop right in on the emotionally wow, vulnerable yeah. Veronica, like the possible date rapist he is. <laughs> he's wow. using, is he using the dentist plan? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, uh, let me wipe those tears away. <laughs> and um, so, so then this issue is uh, the second half. Of this issue is all about uh, Archie and um, Archie and Betty planning their wedding, and it's a total opposite of the of the Betty um, to Archie Veronica wedding, and that it's going to be small. They're going to do it at Pop Tates. It's going to be you know, not ostentatious, and whereas Veronica's was the huge affair with the this is how it should be really punches of guests and everything. And um, this one feels right. I got a good. This feel one feels that. right, and plus there's a lot more of that awkward real world stuff where like. <laughs> Like Reggie and, and Jughead can't find jobs, and it's just like <laughs> it's the bizarre thing about the stories. They're trying to make it more relevant, I think, but it's, it doesn't fit in this world. It's this ideal, ideal like Archie world where yeah. like no one can find work and the economy's bad, and yeah. it's just bizarre. But where uh, memory lane is not a one-way street, yeah. it's, just, <laughs> it's got forks. It's, it's got <laughs> forks. <laughs> You'd think in a world that magical, you know, it wouldn't yeah. be in a recession, but there is, <laughs> and. Um, it, it, this one had a little less. This one they, they they sort of crammed in two of the Veronica stories into the one Betty story. Like Veronica, two issues to sort of play this all out. Whereas this yeah. one's got one. I think yeah. I don't know the pacing was off, but it's it's it's. I think next issue is going to be the big one where they have the marriage, and then there's going to be another. He's gonna he's gonna populate the earth with more little Archies. Excellent. Um, this okay. is, it's just it's just been bizarre, but this one did feel right, and it's it does feel the the girl next door wins. Yeah. Um, and her butler's all happy that Archie won't be coming around anymore to break stuff because he's very clumsy. <laughs> you know, Archie, you know he's clumsy. And uh, right, good well, stuff. This week in Archie, brought to you by Connor. Thank you. Although the next issue's not out until January, which I don't understand. Oh, God. Another skip week or a skip month, really? <laughs> Maybe it's supposed to come out that week where Diamond's not shipping any comics. you got to keep the momentum here, Archie. You know, like, come on. <laughs> yep. So, um, and Beth Cooper. Betty Cooper. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people were talking about Superman Secret Origin number three, um, and Paul, I believe you were you were raving about it on the Twitter. Yeah, 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 I think this this is my pick of the week. Um, this is maybe my favorite issue of the mini so far. Um, oh, by right, far, it's the best one. Yeah, yeah. I just it's um it's 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 more of the um you know uh, John's Donner world of um of Superman and, and it's it's like if if you love the Superman movie like you're going to love this especially oh, he, this, he, he this basically is, he puts the Superman movie square in the middle of Yeah, the I mean again, again yeah. basically I mean like and I'll be I, like I really liked it. I really really liked this issue. I thought yeah. it was great and it gave me a big smile on my face. Kind of freaked me out that he's drawing him this as you know Christopher Reeve 
like yeah, that's my favorite part of it. I oh, it freaks me out. A little freaks me out. But then and then you know so much of the events are pulled from the the movie. And again, like like what I was saying with the last issue w- with the Smallville elements is that what I think Johns is taking is he's taking the best parts of what is in the Superman zeitgeist the mythos, mythos yeah. over the last thirty years and putting them into the series. You know. Yeah. yeah, which I think is a great idea. You know, so like, so when people think of Superman, they think of Superman in the motion picture. They think of the helicopter scene. Boom, it's in here. You know, it's yeah. not exactly. You know, and it's you know, and the the I think the Luthor stuff is the stuff that's probably. And I said Luthor like uh, Otis. <laughs> Otis, Luthor. Otis, um, Otisberg. <laughs> Otisberg, Otisberg, Otisberg. <laughs> I'm gonna watch that after this is over. So <laughs> God, it's so the scene is so good, Mr. Luthor. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I and I think the the Luthor stuff is the stuff where he's really being original, and that's how he's making it. You know, kind of his own. Actually, uh, the the element that was the most original, the one I liked the best, was that Clark arrives in, in Metropolis. This is that story begins uh, where he's, he's he's a young he's a young reporter just arriving in Metropolis, and Metropolis is kind of a hellhole, like yeah. Gotham. Yeah. yeah, it's Gotham. That's a totally new element to it. Normally, yeah. it's a, it's this gleaming city on the hill, and and Superman fits right into that mold. But here, he's going to show that Superman changes the entire city, and so he gets there, it's it's a and not grungy, it's gringy. Yeah. The, the Daily Planet's falling on hard times. The, the you know the, the signs all broken. They, they can't afford to spin the the globe. You know, the, it's, yeah, it's the, the Daily Planet's going under. Yeah, yeah, totally. You're gonna yeah. and you're gonna see that Superman's gonna change the entire city and not just you know. I think that's a really nice element to it. Yeah, it's like remember remember back when the newspaper industry was hitting hard times, like back then. <laughs> yeah. So it's like so. Clark gets it back together, and 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 hopefully in the DC world, newspapers are doing just swell. Yeah, so that's that's good. I, I, um, I like I liked how Lois totally tore apart Clark, like she to- saw right through him. You know, where she's yeah. like, she's like, it's all an act, right? The bad suit, the slouching, the glasses overtake your face. Like that was, you know, like she yeah. might not have figured it out, but she started. You know, it, she's a good reporter. Yeah, exactly. She, 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 she yeah. used her eyes. She never really did in the past. Yeah, and it's a great, great Lois showcase issue. Like you get why Clark likes her and everything, and and. Um, why she's a good reporter because she works at this terrible newspaper, but she's willing to take risks and you know hop fences and wear disguises and, and get in on the story. And it's um it's just a it's a great I I like the Superman issues that are kind of slow down issues, like um j- just the great character stuff because there's there's so much history to these characters and I don't mind you know seeing stuff rehashed and especially when it's being rehashed so well. Um so it's it's just a great I think he's doing a really good job in this this origin series so. Looking forward to more. Plus, there's a little bit of burn in here too. In that, when when he saves the day, everybody wants a piece of him, and he flies away to escape to Smallville, and he's all upset about it. And that's that's those from out of the burn yeah. Man of Steel miniseries. Yeah, so. taking a little bit of everything and putting it together, cool. which is what Jeff does. Well, sure enough, it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be a six issue series, and when it's all collected, it's going to be a wonderful like kind of you know like we said last time we talked about it. It's going to be a Superman primer trade that you can hand to somebody and say this is Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that happens, you can go to InStock Trades to pick it up. Um, you go to InStockTrades.com. We want to thank them for uh, sponsoring this episode. They are one of the best spots uh, online to order trade paperbacks and collected editions and hardcovers, essentials, omnibuses. They've got everything there. Um, they've got over 9,000 titles in stock. They pack them up. I just recently got my Captain uh, Britain omnibus from them, and it was all packed up nicely. And, and uh, they've got uh, reasonable shipping rates, uh, you know, f- uh, no matter what, you know, how much you order. Um, so if you go to InStockTrades.com, they've got discounts on all the major publishers, so you definitely don't want to miss it out. InStockTrades.com for all of your trade paperback needs. Another issue, Detective Comics 859, another another just beautiful, amazing, beautiful, beautifully drawn, constructed issue from J.H. Williams. To the point where I don't know what else to say. It's it's. I mean, if this doesn't win an Eisner, I don't know what will. Yeah. You know. Plus, now the story's really, really matching the art, which is, I really enjoyed this issue a lot. It was all about um, 
Kat, uh, I keep wanting to call her Kathy Kane because that's that woman in my head. But Kate, uh, Kate Kane's post, you know, she, in the last issue we saw her childhood. And now this issue is about her being a young adult. She's in West Point. She's in college. Her Montoya. And, her, and she meets Montoya. We could see that romance. And it was just yeah. beautifully done. If I had any one mark against it, it's I wish it was all the um, the flashback stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We weren't getting the modern. I got a little. I got a little disappointed when it moved. Not that the modern stuff isn't beautiful, but when it moved to the modern, I was yeah. like, oh, go back to the flashback. Yeah, <laughs> but like, but oh, it's got giant, it's, it's all got to tie into one another. So it's like yeah. oh, giant chicken people. That's yeah. can we get back to the <laughs> weird. Yeah, so. Yeah. So um, Chew number six came out. Uh, for those of you who um, who might not have been on the Chew bandwagon yet, uh, not only did Chew number six come out uh, this past week, but also the Chew trade paperback collecting the first five issues. Um, if you haven't started reading Chew yet, read it. That's all I can say. You have um, no excuse not to. It's only nine bucks. So. Nine, yeah, nine ninety nine for five issues. Um, this start, starts the the next arc. Tony Chu gets a new partner. Well, his old partner. Well, yeah, his old, yeah, his new partner, but not new to him. Um, but his, his new <laughs> partner with a great new spin to him. Um, it gets crazy. Uh, dialogue was fantastic. I mean, it's everything that we've grown to love about Chu just continuing. So. Oh, this was a great issue. I read it. Yeah. I read it first um, at a diner, actually, outside the comic store. Oh, that is ironic. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fun. I really liked it. Die Hard Year One, number three. We've talked about Die Hard, uh, the first issue. Josh and I have been loving this Howard Chaikin's gritty 70s New York, which is really authentic. But the reason why this is notable is that we've, there's, there's been a murder plot. There's been a mystery going around that, that John McClane's been sort of on the edges of. He's sort of been wandering in and out of it. He hasn't really connected to the main plot yet. But in this issue, we've had the Die Hard scenario happen now. He's on a boat, he's working security. After hours, you know, he's a cop, so he's, he's a young rookie cop, so he's working security to make, I guess, well, he's not, not to make some extra money, but he's been asked to moonlight a security for this boat. And then the, uh, the bad guys in the story have taken over the boat. So now we have the diehard scenario, and I giggled because I love the diehard scenario. One man against a group of thugs in a confined space. Yeah. <laughs> now we're in. Now we're in. So that, I love, if you like Die Hard, there's, there's no reason not to read this book. It's it totally captures the the feel of characters and the and the story. If you re- if you were around in the '70s in New York, uh, it wasn't That's as insane. fun as it is now. Cool. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy number twenty. Um, like I can't praise Abnett Landing enough, but there was one page in here that sums up why I love this book. Um, the the Guardians are all chilling in the um, in the bar, the nowhere, and the Celestial Head where their base is, and Groot is behind them and has a gigantic glass with a gigantic cocktail umbrella in it. <laughs> And then at the bottom of the page, they're talking about the situation they're in, and Jack Flagg, the red, white, and blue-haired guy who's joined the team, just kind of shrugs and goes, that's why I hate this cosmic stuff. So, like, they're aware of what they're doing, you know? Like, and it's just, like, it's... The book is so great on so many levels. And Isn't Groot a tree? Yeah, well, he's a, he's a tree creature, like, yeah, but mm-hmm. he's, he's a, you know, he's a being. Um, it's like beard. Yeah, somewhat, yeah. Um, but the fact that he has a huge... It's a huge glass. I mean, it's, it's like a seven-foot glass. <laughs> Well, in the, in the cosmic world, you got to be prepared for any kind of species. To exactly, come. and the huge cocktail umbrellas. <laughs> Where do you get those from? Yeah. Um, real, real quickly, also, I want to um, I want to praise um, Boom Studios for what they've been doing again with the Disney books. I picked up uh, Uncle Scrooge number three eighty five, and um, you know, I, I, as a kid, I read the Uncle Scrooge books um, in those little collections, yeah. and mm-hmm. and this totally feels like it. it you know, and it's. It's got all, you know, it's got the, the number one dime and it's got Gizmo and it's got the, you know, Donald and the nephews and it just, uh, it, it, reading it was just so much fun. Um, I don't it, know how, how people realize how close they were to having this be pick of the week. Yeah, it was, it was actually really <laughs> close. 
It's a really good comics. So I, I, I think I was going to go on vacation for the week if that had happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just walk away from the website. I'll come back for the next one. Um, so, yeah, so I just love the Uncle Scrooge books from Boom. So if you have kids in your life, definitely pick them up. Um, and finally, uh, I want to touch upon Justice League, Cry for Justice, number five of seven, the mini, James Robinson's miniseries, the much aligned miniseries, um, where I think Connor summed it up where this would be a great Elseworlds tale. Um, yeah. Except for the fact that it's not an Elseworlds tale, and uh, they and Roy Harper had his arm chopped off. Well, it's just gonna get reattached. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> um, superheroes, yeah. They, they can do anything. Um, for me, I think I realized with this issue, the biggest problem is the art. Yes. Which I I, would, I think I would like on a different project. I think it's just totally wrong for this project. That's I really like the story a lot. Now that yeah. we're really into it, I like I like what's going on. I just think the art is totally hurting the it, story. It's that it painterly style, right? It's painterly, and everybody's really stiff, and doesn't it? Just you know, there's no there's no real flow to it, and it's, it's it looks nice, and I think it would work in a different context. But here, it just doesn't fit what's what's going on. Mm. Um, otherwise, I like the story of James Robinson's story. I like this one. I actually liked Justice League, the issue that came out this week too. It was really good. Yeah, I just yeah, I, I feel I feel as if Robinson's getting a lot of shit for this. I think I think it's mainly from the art. Um, I, I do agree the story is good, and I'm curious to see what's going to happen now, Roy, and all that sort of stuff. And I did like the Justice League Blackest Night. I thought the vi- vibe returned, which was fun. Vibe was so, awesome. Yeah, vibe was awesome. So, and now for a quick word from our sponsor, Funimation. Imagine having Doctor Frankenstein as your father. Your classmate and fellow pilot is a partial clone of your dead mother, and she's hot. You've been forced by your father to pilot a giant living robot named Ava Unit One to fight deadly creatures called angels from destroying the planet. And to top it off, you have raging teenage hormones, and it's the end of the world if you screw up. No pressure. Evangelion 1.01, You Are Not Alone, is the complete rebuild of the groundbreaking sci-fi giant robot anime. Otaku USA Magazine writes that Evangelion reminds us of what anime can be by having us flex all our otaku muscles. It always satisfies our basis needs for cute girls in mecha. Watch the first eight minutes of the movie at www.funimation.com slash Evangelion. Evangelion 1.01, You Are Not Alone. Available now on DVD. Anyway, so um, so it is Thanksgiving week, and we are thankful for the iFanboy user community who are writing some great reviews on the site. Wanted to highlight a bunch of them. Um, first off, we want to highlight uh, Akamu reviewed The Goon number 33 and gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 5 out of 5. At the time of this recording, 1.1% of you made it your pick of the week. And Akamu says that this comic is brilliant. It works whether you've read any of the previous Goon issues or not. It's just a fantastic bit of dark humor, storytelling with beautiful artwork. So, uh, good times with, with, uh, with the goon. The red goon. Uh, neither have I, but this is a silent issue, and I've heard good things about it. And I want to read goon because I love Eric Powell's art. I just haven't jumped on. So, yeah. For whatever reason, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I had a, tra- I had a goon trade for about a year, and I finally gave it to, give it to Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't decided to read this. Yeah. Anyway. All right, All right. So, the next one is Dorian P. He reviewed Thor, Giant Size. I think it was. They had like four names. We'll just call it the Giant Size Finale number one. Yeah. You give the story a two out of five, the art a four out of five, and the uh, community pick of the week percentage was 0.46%. And this was the J.J. J- Michael Straczynski's finale. And what oh. Dorian P. says is, just finished reading my copy, and to be quite honest, this was not worth the wait. There were a few good moments with Bill and Volstag, but this should have been a double-sized issue, not a 22-page story with a preview for the next writer's arc and a reprint to pad the book up to three ninety nine. This was not the epic finale to Jamis's run we've been waiting for all this time. Yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know. Um, shocking I, that it didn't, it wasn't worth the wait. Yeah, just shocking indeed. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's I don't know. I saw it at the I saw it. At, I don't read Thor, and I'm not a big fan of JMS. But I saw it at the store, and I flipped through it, and it looked kind of light, you know. And I've heard this, you know, get a lot of hype as the last issue. I would just feel bad if I was a Thor fan. So, yeah. well, the thing is, this wasn't going to wrap anything up. That was the entire point of him leaving. Yeah, he's it was going in a different direction. He didn't want to be involved in. So of course, it wasn't going to end the story because the story can't end. It's got to go to this new place. Yeah. Oh well. Oh. Yeah, I think I think it reads it reads better in trade. So I obviously haven't gotten to this finale yet, but uh, I kind of enjoyed it. I, I know I enjoyed it more than you guys have, and certainly Josh. But yeah. um, right. maybe it reads better. Josh didn't dislike it. I feel like I need to. Defend I know. I don't know. defend him. He's not here. Let it, let it, let us malign his character. <laughs> <laughs> didn't like it. That's different. <laughs> okay, and then uh, jumping Jupiter uh, gave Invincible Iron Man number twenty story of five out of five and the art of five out of five, so he liked it. Uh, and the power percentage as of this recording four point six percent. Usually, I'd write a lengthier review, but this issue punched me in the gut, so I'm kind of discombobulated. First fraction gets semi gmo on our ass, uh, by, uh, meaning uh, Grant Morrison on our ass by opening the book in Tony's subconscious or in a dream, purgatory, and then Tony's speech, which pans out and is revealed to be in Rescue's report. Pulsar, a.k.a. Pepper's heart, and she breaks down. Why does he get to come back and not others? She loves Tony and resents herself for having a second chance with him. I damn near cried, seriously. The rest of the book is a, is a blur, despite having read it several times. It's too emotionally resonant to sink in right now. There's something in my eye. Wow, an emotional Iron Man issue. I th- Amazing. I, I- I thought one of the notable things about this was the cover. Uh, this is the first uh, cover. C- cover with the, I forget the name of the guy who's doing it. I think it's Ryan something. I forget. Um, but very kind of graphic designy kind of cover and um, very, very cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. those yeah. are cool. Very very cool. Although although I did have to laugh. I was talking to my friend about it and and it's like it's it's like yeah, it's cool. But you know, I read books and magazines and that design's kind of been there for years. So like, <laughs> it's, it's 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 nice that you know the comics are catching up with kind of you know modern well, that, design. Ugh, yeah, the graphic design in comics is so. Yes, I know. 40, yeah. 40 years ago, that yeah. anything very nearly modern stands yeah. out. So, anyway, so um, go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics where you can rate and review and do your pull list and um, might get a review read on the podcast. And we thank everybody who's written reviews. Yes. This episode of the iFanboy Pick a League podcast is brought to you in part by Drawer Boxes and Collection Drawer.com. Drawer boxes are the strongest storage container made for comics. They can be stacked up to six high to maximize the square footage. And because they work like a drawer, every comic in your collection remains accessible by simply pulling a drawer open. Long and short, drawer boxes can be combined and linked together with box locks, box anchors, and any configuration to fit any space and remain secure with absolutely no tipping or slippage. And now the contents can be organized and sorted to meet the needs of any collector with every issue immediately accessible. For a number of years, collectors have complained about their comics sliding around and falling over when a long or short box is partially filled. This is true. Sometimes causing bent issues and small cracks in the spine. Box sort upright, but dividers actually hold comics upright in the box and keep them from sliding around no matter how few comics are in it, eliminating damage. And as the drawer fills, the divider can be adjusted to move back and forth, accommodating any quantity. Drawer boxes, box sort, upright dividers, and box locks, box anchors are exclusive trademarks of the Collection Drawer Company and are available at collectiondrawer.com. Make sure you mention that fanboy when ordering, and I just ordered a box myself. I ordered five of them. Wow. I'm going to give them a try. Cool. They sound I hate cool. slippage. You know why? It's because I went, I went to the storage unit to get some issues out for the upcoming video show, and I spent literally ten minutes lifting and, and trying to find the box I was looking for and going That's to the bottom. Pain, yeah. you know, three, I got three levels of, box, of books going and I, I, just, I, said, I went home and I ordered them right now. I was like, screw this! Nice. I want to open them up. <laughs> I like the angry order. So. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so on to the emails. Um, our first email comes from Nick from Carolina PR, which is Puerto Rico? Maybe? Anyway. That's what I thought. I don't know. Yep. So uh, Nick from Carolina PR says, if you could have any comic book character as a helium balloon appear in the Thanksgiving Day Parade, which would it be? 
would one of you be the balloon handlers? And I thought that was a uh, this was a holiday themed question. So, what character would you like to see in the thanks the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade as a balloon? For those who might not know, Spider Man has had a balloon over the years. Um, as a long time, Underdog yeah. and some other characters. It so, was Superman balloon when we were kids. Yeah, Superman. Yep. So, so Paul, what balloon would you like to well, see? Well, yeah. When I was when I read this question, I was like, well, so there's Spider Man. Spider Man doesn't even fly, so I don't understand why. But he's he kind of crawling. So, he's like the balloon. He's crawling along. Crawling the on the air. That's yeah, uh, all fine. right. Okay. So, um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I was thinking like Superman would be cool because Superman actually flies. Uh, yeah. It would be cool to see. Uh, I think Hellboy would be fun. You got to think of the ones that would look good, like distorted, yeah, like visually, like super deformed, like yeah, yeah, like uh, and you, you think of like the Mighty Mugs, like Hulk looks really cool yeah. in that in that sense. So I don't know, and that'd be colorful. So Connor, Witchblade. Really? Which place? <laughs> That's a great idea. Phantom Lady. I would like to uh, see. A, I would like to see a Space Ghost balloon. I think that'd be a yeah. good balloon. That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, I think I think Superman's a natural. Yeah. Um, natural ba- would you choice. want to see a Batman balloon or no? Sure. Why not? Yeah. yeah. I want another float. Like we posted on yeah. com the yes. the nineteen eighties Marvel float. Let's do another float. That was awesome. So because you know Robo- was- RoboCop's awesome. <laughs> well, there was there was a Marvel RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, I know. Book still. in the in the late eighties, but I remember seeing that float when I was a kid. I got I got photos of it from taking it at the you know at the parade, and yeah. I think my friends and I nearly lost it because we didn't expect it. And suddenly yeah. there was all these Marvel characters jumping around, and we were awesome. we uh, we nearly passed out and uh, <laughs> we never came back. So that was the brief foray into wasn't it Marvel late eighties like Marvel Entertainment or something? Yeah, like that? it was right before they went public. I think. Was yeah. It? Yeah. So um, you got a float. Yeah, exactly. Um, no. And I would not be a balloon handler because I'd screw it up. So I'd actually really like to be. I've heard it's really fun. Yeah, to do it's cold. Something. Yeah, it does get cold. Yeah, I want to watch it on TV. Yeah. Fifty to something degrees this year, but uh, well, I've heard I've heard doing that's really a good time. And you go to like a class and they teach you how to do all that stuff. Well, hold a string. Kind of cool. Ooh, Classes are fun. Don't I know people who've done that. You can be. You can. You know, go to clown college, be a clown in the parade. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our next voicemail comes from Tom, who is uh, Harlequin on iFanboy, and that's with a 1-3 in Harlequin. Um, And Paul's going to take a stab at this one. Yeah, Josh isn't here, so uh, and you'll see uh, why that's relevant. Uh, greetings from Britain. I'd first like to say good job on the site and podcast and what have yous. Excellent work as always. My question, which I'm sure you get every year, is to do with comics-related Christmas gifts. I'm eager to get my mum, dad, and brother a trade for Christmas. But of course, I don't know where to start. None of them are even vaguely acquainted with the world of comics. But I would like to get them something which they can read and maybe enjoy and maybe help them understand why I love flimsy little magazines so. My dad is 61 and likes yachts and motorbikes and (laughs) drinking. My mum is 51, is a glass artist, and likes arty stuff. Neither of them have more, much spare time on their hands, so an absolute addition is not going to be in the cards. My brother is 27 and works in banking. Boo. He likes football, soccer, and rugby and drinking. Although in rereading this message, it seems like I have offered them to you as blind dates. I only hope that this information helps you to help me. Alternatively, just tell me some nice books that are novice, skeptic-friendly, or you can just point me to the podcast article Friday question where you have answered this before. Thanks again and great content. Keep up the good work. Take it easy, boys. Good try, Paul. I think the challenge you and Josh and everybody has is you you get you start the accent strong as maintaining it. It's maintaining it. It's it maintaining is. is the challenge. Yeah. yeah. But in my defense, that's a, that's a very long email. It so. was a long email. Yeah, and and my def- and, and and I'm a critic. I can't do the accent, so I can criticize other people who do. So anyway, um, so getting lots his, of questions about making his hol- dad sounds awesome. By the way, 
Yeah, motorbikes, motorbikes, and yachts. I hope all all together at the same time. I want to hang out with his dad. (laughs) So, um, so we get this question a lot. Um, what holiday? You know, I want to buy comics for friends and family. For what what should I buy them? We're actually going to be doing a uh, iFanboy video shows returning, and we're doing our annual holiday you know shopping guide episode. So you're going to want to tune into that. Um, but based off uh, his dad, his mom, and his brother, what what would we recommend here? I always recommend Lost Girls. That's always my go-to gift. Especially to your mom, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got three of them already wrapped. My family. Uh. Let's see. His his mom's into glass art and likes arty stuff. I'd say Asterios Polyp. Good for any artistically-minded person, I think. For anybody, really. I was going to say Promethea. Yeah, I was going to say Promethea, too. Yeah, but Uh, Asterios Polyp could be good. Um Something his dad yachts, motorbikes, and drinking. We, we say uh, something adventurous. Yeah, I was gonna say the diehard, but it's not collected. Yeah, um, sort of Globetrotting adventure story. Drinking and motorbike, like young liars. Uh, I think that might be too weird. With it gets be too weird. weird. Yeah, the the spiders from space and shit like that. That's yeah, um, um, maybe something like you know, uh, yeah, something something you know, like actiony. You know, hmm. Let's Tough. See. This is hard. I'm also, grabbing. the brother who likes banking yeah. and football and drinking and rugby. These are all very um, general interests that don't really apply to them. You know, you, you know what? You know what? Okay, so this is what we're going to do. So, Queen um, and Country for the dad. Oh, Queen and Country, yes, yeah. So, Tom, what you got to do is you got to let us know what kind of movies do they like. That's always my, my trigger is what, you know, what, what kind of movies or books do they watch or read, and that's a good way to get to a good recommendation. So Yeah, um, the or, media they like, that's – although the mom's art thing, that was more relevant than the, yeah, uh, the drinking. Yeah. But there's no, there's no comics about yachts, unfortunately. I'm sorry. So. Well, there's, there's going to be action on yachts at some point. Yeah. The Losers maybe? The Losers. The Losers. Yeah, that's a good one. The Losers, the losers yeah. or Queen of Country for the Dad. Yeah. And, um, for the brother, something in the banking industry, something about having money. <laughs> Comic Wars. The book about the comic <laughs> industry. <laughs> no. I don't know. Anyway, so watch our, watch our holiday episode. And maybe get some ideas. You'll get some ideas there. All right, so on to the voicemails. Um, our voicemail comes from uh, another Ron from Michigan. He's got a question about Dark Rain. Are you from Michigan? I'm not. Hey, iFanboys. It's Ron from Fraser, Michigan calling. Uh, I was just thinking last uh, podcast a couple ago, you guys talked about how like Norman Osborn was the villain in every single Marvel book, and it got me thinking a little bit about the whole Dark Rain storyline that they're doing and how it's not very cohesive. Like, for instance, Ronan got arrested like, a month and a half ago, and he's still in New Avengers today, just, you know, doing whatever he does. But the stories have been really good, even though there's no real continuity that's going on. How do you guys feel about this? Do you guys prefer a more Civil War storyline where everything hinges on one book and it's pretty, you know, fluid in what continuity stuff is going on? Or, you know, or do you like something like Dark Reign where they're just putting out good stories because that's what you guys talk about? All right. Uh, thanks a lot. Bye. Well, we're only going to have a few minutes to talk about this. We did a whole 30-minute video show on continuity, and we really got to really discuss it there. So if you really want more, go look on the video show for the continuity episode, which is called Continuity, I believe. So right. that was – we did a half an hour. Yeah. But now, in the few minutes we have, um, I definitely, as I get older, more and more, I just care about the good story and less about the continuity. And I know Ron's going to disagree, but the, it's, just, <laughs> it's just never going to fit. It'll, it'll never fit with all these books, so you have to really, at some point, just throw the continuity importance to the side and enjoy the story. Yeah, that's a, yeah. 
That's why I do I do acknowledge that the mature answer is the just give me good stories or whatever. But there's something in me that just I want I want it all to to work and to make sense and it to be tighter. And I love something well executed, something that you know is you know and it can and it can be done. It still can be done with with a with a little planning and working with the release schedule and coordinating and everything. And I think it can only be done if they cut the books. in half. Yes, in a, exactly. In, I, well, no, that's the thing is that Dark, Dark Reign is too big to be, to be controllable. And I think what, what Marvel's problem, at least, and, and maybe a little bit to DC as well, is that they get so excited by the ideas that these generate that they just want to do everything. And sometimes you can't do everything. Sometimes I think that less can be more. Um, so No, yeah. when, it, when it all works out, it's, it's a really satisfying thing for a comic reader. But the yeah. fact of the matter is, nine times out of ten, it's not going to work out. So what, is, what are you going to do? Are you going to let your, that enjoy affect your enjoyment of the stories? Right. Most of the time, I see criticisms online. I fanboy saying this doesn't make sense, doesn't fit. Well, that's gonna happen. That's, right. that's a well, given. That, it's, it's, up you, it's, up, it's up to you to to intellectually make it work, make it fit for you. You know, I mean, like God forbid, I read Green Lantern before Black as Night this week. In my head, I go, okay, these events happened before that issue. Okay, move on. Like, <laughs> it, like you can't have everything spelled out for you. You know, so but. Um, Make your own continuity, and then you got to decide what you're reading. This, what, what are you reading these comics for? Are you reading them for the for this tapestry that makes total sense, which it never will? Or are you reading them to have read good stories and enjoy yourself and have a nice time reading comics? That's what you got to right. figure out. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, so we got a bunch of great voicemails this week. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. Um, we'll get to some more of them next week. But keep calling in. Leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. Tell us your name, where you're from. Try to keep it to thirty seconds. Um, we did get a bunch of great ones this week, and hopefully, we'll get some more throughout the rest of the month. So keep calling in. Yep. And speaking of the rest of the month, December is going to be another big giveaway month for iFanboy. We had one in October where we gave stuff away in every episode of the Pick Week podcast. And starting next week, which will be the first episode in December. Which, even though if you're listening to this in December, it's not a December episode. There'll be a giveaway. There'll be a big one. The first one, I believe, is going to be a very special criminal giveaway. So if you're into criminal, you might want to check it out. In fact, or if you've been meaning to get into criminal. Yes. If you're meaning to get into criminal, if you heard about it, you just haven't gotten behind it. This might be the one for you. So if you want to go to fanboy.com to find out the details, you can do that. There'll be a red post right at the top showing the giveaways for the month of December. So go check that out. And if you're not a member. Become one because you have to remember to be eligible for the iFanboy giveaways. Yes, and you can uh, become a member by going to ifanboy.com slash store, and that's where you can sign up, and we've got uh, a bunch of different levels. Uh, you, for 4 bucks a month or $42 a year, you can uh, sign up and you can get a uh, get some stickers and some buttons, some iFanboy buttons, as well as a comic from our collection um, as a thank you for becoming a member. Um, and if you've got a little more money to spend uh, this holiday season, uh, uh, you can spend $10 a month or $100 a year, gets you the stickers, the buttons, the comic, plus a member only t-shirt um, so definitely want to uh, it could be a good gift for a loved one if there's a friend of yours who isn't a member yet sign them up um, joy, you know you can only be by becoming a member is the only way to win in our giveaways and that sort of thing um, also in our store you can find uh, we've got some great t-shirts we got uh, the power responsibility t-shirt and the Herm t-shirt they're selling at they're getting the numbers are dwindling so if there, you, are, there yeah. are less than 10 Herm shirts left yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of the sizes are sold out the men's extra large women's large Men's small, women's extra large. That's the only size that's left. So, yeah. so get, get them while you can. And also you don't want to miss our latest and our newest shirt, which is the first from our line of um, creator design T-shirts. Mike Norton brings us Battle Pug. Um, so you're gonna want to pick awesome. Yeah, you're gonna want to pick that up. Sales on that have been going fast and furious. It's gonna be a very limited run. So if you want yours, get your pre-order in um, very quickly. So go to ifanboycom store We should put and- that design on the side of our van. 
Oh, we're going to. Yeah, the iFanboy van is going to have Battle <laughs> Tug on the side of it. Yeah, totally. And the, the T-shirt is it's a classic eighty early eighties metal ringer T-shirt. So it's it's going to be all. It's going to be badass. So I don't even like dogs, and I'm I'm excited to wear that T-shirt. Yeah, that's totally. that's it was a it's a great T-shirt. All right, if you're at iFanboy.com becoming a member, you should check out what else is going on there because there's other stuff happening all the time, and you can read Ron's full pick of the week review for Blackest Night number five, as well as all the in-depth comic book discussion. There's discussions on every single book that comes out in the week on the comics page. There's Articles by everybody. Paul's got a weekly piece. Every yeah. writer, great stuff. All at ifanboy.com, and you can find it all there. As well as ifanboy.com slash about, which is where you find all of our social network links to become friends with us on Twitter and Facebook and all those other sites that are increasingly relevant yeah. and you're gonna to w- our lives. You're going to want to go to facebook.com slash ifanboy and twitter.com slash ifanboy. Make sure you're uh, following both of those. Those are great, great resources for the ifan base. Um, as well as our Twitter groups, which you can find at twitter.com slash ifanboy, where you can follow all the comic creators at all at the same time and all that stuff. Yeah, totally badass. Um, so a lot of you have been asking uh, when the video show is coming back. Um, and Most we, people, I would say, go to ifanboy.com. Yes, That's exactly. And we've got a post there that says, it is returning, oh my god, this week. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Did you guys shoot anything? <laughs> shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this Wednesday, December 2nd, is the return of the iFanboy video show, and uh, we're going to be talking Captain America, one of our favorite characters from the past 10 years, and there's a lot of Captain America action going on this month in the Marvel Universe, so we thought we'd take a look at it, um, and Brubaker's uh, great run as well as some of the classic runs of Captain America. So uh, on Wednesday, you can go to iFanboy.com, check that out, or go to revision3.com forward slash iFanboy. All right, well, what I'm going to do is I've got a Captain America Mighty Mug. I'm going to shoot it with that. We'll be fine. <laughs> what are you, Paul? We'll be fine. Are you trying to be Paul? <laughs> yes. That's, I'm trying to figure out a way to do this quickly. Damn it. <laughs> you can email us at doing... iFanboy.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS-326-2697 with any comments, questions, or concerns, or discussion topics, uh, or anything like or any tips on how to quickly shoot a video show before Wednesday. I was going to say that those are doing very well at the film festivals I've submitted them to. Oh, excellent! Great. You're going for the you're going for the the uh, the, the highbrow the route. The, the festival. Going for the Palme d'Or. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> excellent. And so finally, special mention of the Toronto Film Festival exactly. audience pick. Uh, so, so finally, if you uh, if you dig us, go to iTunes, write a review, um, or tell your friends about it. Also, don't forget to uh, subscribe to iFanboy Don't Miss, which you can find in iTunes. If you just search for iFanboy, you can find it there. Leave a review for that new show as well. That's our uh, quick kind of creator interview show. Last week we talked to Kirkman about Image United, and um, we're lining we're still lining one up for next week. So, so stay tuned on Monday for uh, at iFanboy.com to see who's going to be on this week. Um, but it's a great place to hear about comics that you should think about buying um, at your store every Wednesday. So, uh, and write reviews for and iTunes write reviews for the video show uh, helps people discover the show so we really appreciate any kind words you all have for us so um, who is it I don't, I don't want to wait <laughs> no you have to wait Just say now you have Damn to wait it. so uh, anyway so <laughs> it's Jack uh, Kirby alright it's Jack Kirby <laughs> from Ooh. the dead he's uh, tough to get Black Lantern Jack Kirby <laughs> uh, <laughs> alright so Paul thanks for stepping in for Josh we appreciate it no problem hope you had a lovely Thanksgiving I, I had a lot of cranberry sauce it's great Nice. that's my favorite part all right, Connor, how how you doing on the food? I'm full. You're full? Yeah. yeah. Are you I haven't eaten, eat. you you eaten today. Really? I don't need to eat anymore. Nice. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm still sweating turkey juice. <laughs> All right, so until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Paul. 